are listening to WOLF. Falcon Radio. Good evening, and welcome to the premiere broadcast of Our Lady of Fatima Catholic Academy's radio show. I'm your host, Lucas, from the Black Lagoon, and you're listening to our Halloween episode. <laughs> While COVID has placed many restrictions on what can be done on the stage, there are no limits placed upon our imagination. That's why Our Lady of Fatima's middle school drama students are bringing an old-time art form back from the grave, the classic radio play. During tonight's broadcast, you will hear spooky stories, songs, and poetry. You will hear classic campfire tales and, the, and original pieces crafted by Our Lady of Fatima students. There are things that might thrill you and chill you to the bone, but don't worry, this is all in good fun. And we promise it won't be too scary for even our littlest listeners. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tonight's broadcast is being brought to you by our official October sponsor, Sweet Pierre's Boutique du Chocolat. Located at Five River Road in the heart of Wilton Town Center, Sweet Pierre's offers a fine array of gifts, gourmet food, sweets, and of course the best chocolate in Fairfield County including a vast nut-free selection. Come to Sweet Pierre's for all things delicious, and tell them that the Fatima Falcons sent you. On with the show! This is the story of the Viper. Years and years ago, a little old lady inherited a house from a long-lost cousin who died under very mysterious circumstances. The house sat atop a hill right outside of town, and rumors were told among the townsfolk that it was haunted. The little old lady traveled to the town to inspect the house and found that it was, well, a wonderful old mansion in great condition, but still, it was very, very old. What a beautiful old house! No matter, she decided to move in and enjoy in her inheritance. A couple of weeks after she moved in, it was late at night, midnight, when the phone rang. The little old lady woke up from her sleep. She tiptoed to the telephone. When the lady answered the phone, a strange voice said, I am the Viper. I am coming for you in two weeks. The caller immediately hung up before she could say anything. This really shook the old lady. She knew that a viper was a type of snake. Was she in danger? A week went by and the little old lady didn't hear anything from the viper. Must have been dreaming. Surely, no one is out to harm a sweet old woman like myself. The little old lady chuckled to herself. (laughs) And then she went to get dressed for bed. Just as the little old lady had finished putting on her slippers and jammies, the phone rang loud through the dark I am the Viper. I will be there in one week. The caller hung up. This made the lady quite nervous. Not knowing who the Viper was, she asked around the town, but none of the townsfolk have any ever heard of any such person, but they all had plenty of opinions about who it could be. It's probably just some teams playing a prank. Huh. I bet it's GOAT. Maybe it's a robber! 
You should call the police. Lady decided to wait before she did anything and to ignore the growing pit of fear in her stomach. Just four days later, late at night, the phone rang again. I am the Viper. I will be there in two days. The woman was getting much more concerned now, and the phone calls kept coming. The next night, the phone rang. I am the Viper. I will be there tomorrow. Needless to say, the women are just plain scared now. What am I going to do? The next night, the phone rang again. I am the Viper. I will be there in one hour. The little old lady tried to leave, but when she got in her car, she found out that the battery was dead. (laughs) Nearly one hour later, the phone rang again. I am the Viper. I will be there in two minutes. The, little, the lady ran around, locking all the doors and windows. She called 911. The police are on their way! Soon, there was a knock at the door. The little old lady was terrified, but nevertheless, she opened the door. Who who are you? Well, I am the window viper. I come every month to wash and wipe your windows. That was our 6th grade class performing the classic gotcha story, The Viper. Up next is 8th grader Chloe, singing a folk song that has been around in one form or another since the 1600s. Lady Margaret is an English ballad that made its way to America in the early days of our country and was especially popular in areas of Western Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Lady Margaret was standing in her own room door, a comb in her long yellow hair. When who did she spy but sweet William and his bride, as to the churchyard they drew near. Then day passed away, and night coming on, most of the men were asleep. Lady Margaret appeared all dressed in white, Standing at his bed feet, she said, And how do you like your own bed? And how do you like your sheet? And how do you like your fair young bride that's lying in your arms asleep? He said, And very well do I like my own bed. Much better do I like my sheet. But most of all, that fair young girl that's standing at my bed feet. Then once he kissed her lily white hand, and twice he kissed her cheek. Three times he kissed her cold, corpsey lips, then fell into her arms asleep. Well, the night passed away, the day came on, and into the morning light. Sweet William said, I'm troubled in my head by the dreams that I dreamed last night. Such dreams, such dreams as these, for I know they mean no good. For I dreamed that my bower was full of red swine, and my bride's bread full of blood. 
he asked. Is Lady Margaret in her room? Or is she out in the hall? But Lady Margaret lay in a cold black coffin with her face turned to the wall. Throw back, throw back those snow white robes, be they ever so fine. And let me kiss those cold corpsey lips, for I know they'll never kiss mine. Then once he kissed her lily white hand, and twice he kissed her cheek. Three times he kissed her cold corpsey lips, then fell into her arms asleep. And now, a message from our sponsor. Hey, what are you eating? It looks delicious. Say Svu chocolate de Sweet Pierre's. What? I don't understand. Is it chocolate from Sweet Pierre's? Mmm, smells so good. Oui, oui, c'est magnifique. Souhaitez-vous en assier? Huh? Are you asking me if I would like to try some? Oui, oui, mmm, pour vous. Yum, 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 sacré bleu. C'est parfait. Mercy, Marcy, say Moulou, Chocolaté Wilton! Come to Sweet Pierre's Boutique du Chocolate on 5 River Road in Wilton Town Center, right inside the Stop and Shop shopping plaza. They carry only the highest quality gifts, treats, and sweets, and chocolate so exquisite it'll have you speaking French. And now, let's take a trip to the Pumpkin Patch, where our 8th graders are lurking. While we're at it, Let's be on the lookout for a special appearance from members of the second and third grade tap dance class. Five little pumpkins sitting on a gate. The first one said, Oh my, it's getting light. The second one said, <laughs> There's witches in the air. And the third one said, But we don't care. The fourth one said, Let's run and run and run. The fifth one said, I'm ready for some fun. Then, <laughs> went the wind and out went the light and the five little pumpkins rolled out of sight. <laughs> Now, let's take a trip deep into the woods where another folktale from England has made its way to the American South. The King of the Cats. 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 One October evening, a gravedigger's wife was sitting by the fireside with her big old black cat named Tom. They were waiting for the gravedigger to come home. They waited and they waited and they waited, but still he didn't come. At last he came rushing in, and as he came, he called, Who's Tom Taildrum? Who's Tom Taildrum? He said in such a wild way that both his wife and his cat stared at him in fright. Why? What's the matter? And why do you want to know who Tom Tildrum is? Oh, I must have had such an adventure. I was digging away at old Mr. Fortis' grave when I suppose I must have dropped asleep. I only woke up when I heard these cats. Said old Tom in answer, 
Yeah, just like that. So I looked over the edge of the grave, and what do you think I saw? Now, how can I tell? Why, nine black cats, all like our friend Tom here. All of them have white spots on their chest, and what do you think they were carrying? Why, a small coffin with a velvet paw, and on the paw was a small coronet of gold. And every third step they took, they cried all together. Said old Tom again. Yes, just like that. And as they came nearer and nearer to me, I could see them more distinctly, cause their eyes shone with a sort of green light. The biggest cat of all was walking in front, and he looked for all the while like. <gasps> Suddenly, the great digger stopped talking. Just look at old Tom. How he's looking at me. You'll think he knew all I was saying. Go on, go on. Never mind, old Tom. Well, as I was a saying, the nine cats came toward me slowly and solemnly, and at every third step, they all cried together. <coughs> Said old Tom again. Yes, just like that. The cats came on and on till they stood opposite Mr. Fortis's grave where I was. Then they stood still and looked straight at me. I did feel queer at that, I did. But look at old Tom! He's looking at me just like they did. Go on, go on, never mind old Tom. Where was I? Oh, yes. There they all stood, still looking at me when the one who wasn't carrying the coffin came forward staring straight at me. He said to me, yes, I tell you, he said to me in a squeaky voice. <gasps> Chow, Tom, Tudor, the two Tom's dead. And that's why I asked you if you knew who Tom Tildrum was. For how can I tell Tom Tildrum that Tim Tildrum's dead if I don't know who Tom Tildrum is? And then... The gravedigger's wife's eyes grew large, and she pointed to their pet cat. Her fingers shook as she cried out, Look at old Tom! Look at old Tom! And well, he might look, for Tom was swelling, and Tom was staring, and at last, Tom shrieked out, What? Old Tim dead? Then I'm Tom Tildrum and the King of Cats. Then, old Tom rushed up the chimney. Meow. And was never seen again. Wow, that was really spine-tingling. I think we had better lighten up our jack-o'-lanterns here with a song by 7th grader Gianni. And then, another word from our sponsor. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine Stop the things you do Watch out! I ain't lying
COVID left your candy haul a little lacking this Halloween? Well, head on down to Sweet Pierre's Boutique Day Chocolate at 5 River Road in Wilton Town Center. Again, that's 5 River Road in Wilton Town Center. They're right in the Stop and Shop Plaza and there. All treats, no tricks. Trick or treat indeed. Tonight's sponsor, Sweet Pierre's, is more than a great candy shop. They are an important part of the Wilton community. They have generously supplied the prizes for Falcon Radio's first ever Sweet Pierre's Writing Contest. OLF students in grades 6 through 8 were allowed to submit their own original stories, scripts, and poems to be featured in our Halloween show. Here are our finalists. Maddie from 7th grade, Matei from 6th grade, and Max from 6th grade. One October 31st, a little old lady was experimenting with a weird color-changing acid in her basement. She dipped some candy corn in the acid and fed it to her pet groundhog, Mr. Fatty. Did I mention she was a mean little old lady? No? Okay, well she is. Mr. Fatty turned into a zombie right away. The little old lady, whose name is Martha, knew the cure though. It was purple Gatorade. When she knew the cure, she bought out all the stores of purple Gatorade in 50 miles. She saved Mr. Fatty because she was lonely. That night, she set out all the candy corn dipped in color-changing acid. Soon, trick-or-treaters started to take some of the candy corn. <laughs> Cackled Martha. One of the kids who took the candy was Jalen. Jalen was an athletic boy who had brown hair and brown eyes. His hair was curly and tall. Soon he was a zombie. Martha found out that the zombie can infect others by watching the little kids infect their parents after they ate the candy corn. When Jalen got infected, he went straight to his best friend Jason's house so they could both be infected. Jason was slightly taller than Jalen and had short hair. He was just as athletic as Jalen. When he saw Jalen, he got so scared that he shut the front door and locked it and ran upstairs to his room and locked himself inside. Jason contemplated what to do. Air was droopy. Luckily, Jason's window was right above the front door, which was where Jalen was. Jason poured the water from one of the many random water bottles he had in his room. The water landed on Jalen's head, but he did not react. He didn't even look up. He grabbed a bottle of purple Gatorade he bought two days ago in a 1,000 pack for just $100. He thought about all the amazing memories they had while looking at Jalen at the front door through the window. Then Jason spilled a drop of purple Gatorade on Jalen accidentally. Jalen turned normal for a second and turned back to a zombie right away. Jason noticed the drop and did it again to test it. Sure enough, there was the same result. Then Jason poured the whole entire bottle on Jalen. In a split second, Jalen was not a zombie anymore. Jason was so happy. After Jason told Jalen the whole story, they went to save the city with Gatorade. They walked down the street and saw so many zombies. They had to be careful not to touch anyone so they won't get infected. After they cured some people, they went to the police station to cure the police so they could find out who's behind the zombie candy corn. After they told the police the whole story, they walked around the neighborhood curing people and trying to find the criminal behind the zombie candy. They walked for a long time before Jalen exclaimed, This is the house! Just then, a kid took a piece of candy corn and ate it, then turned to a zombie. Jason, Jalen, and the police officer cured the kid and grabbed a search warrant. They kicked down the door and they searched the whole entire house. They searched the whole entire house except the basement. When they went down there, they caught Martha cackling evilly. They found the potion and candy corn and arrested Martha on the spot. No, no, no! Martha screamed as she got put in handcuffs. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. Martha went to jail, and Jason and Jalen were going to go save the city. But before that, they found Mr. Fatty the Groundhog. Then they adopted him and shared him. Jason would keep him one week, then Jalen would keep him the next week, and so on. Then they went on to save the city.
That was weird, said Jason as he and Jalen were walking down the street carrying people. I know, said Jalen. I think the whole town is infected except the police and us, said Jason. Yeah, I agree, said Jalen. Then they went and saved the whole city. Once they were done with that, the mayor of the city, who also happened to be the owner of Gatorade, rewarded Jason and Jalen with a 10,000 pack of Gatorade for each one of them. Halloween night. The moon's silver glow, bright enough to show. Houses creaking, headless horsemen creeping, witches flying, evil vying. Goblins smirking, ghosts lurking, the moon shining while witches are combining spells and curses in a cauldron that forces both spook and fright into the day now known as Halloween night. The Thing of the Night. Twas October 29th, right before Halloween, and I was excited as a kid could have been. I turned off the lights and got into bed. Visions of candy corn danced in my head. As I pulled my covers up to my chin, I heard the door creak, but saw nothing walk in. It's nothing, I thought just a soft autumn breeze. Though I was not certain, it put me at ease. But then, just as I was drifting into sleep, I heard a scratch, scratch from the claws of some creep. I sat bolt upright, and I looked for the source of that scratching, then whispered in a voice that was hoarse, who's there? My voice quavered, trembling with fright, as I pondered the horror of this thing of the night. Then a blood-curdling wail sent me under the covers as I silently screamed and sobbed for my mother. When I finally managed to take a quick peek, I saw a sight that almost made me shriek. Two eyes glowing green, they filled me with dread because they were stationed at the foot of my bed. The monster crept closer, and I felt the thump of my heart as my stomach developed a lump of terror. I reached for my window shade, hoping that dawn's light would make this all fade. And then, as morning poured on to the creature and put into detail its terrible features, I laughed and relaxed, forgotten were my troubles. The horrible beast was my fluffy cat Bubbles. Here is our contest winner, Chloe, from 8th grade, with a tale of two sisters named Autumn and Winter, who are more than meet the eye. Magic in the air. Wake up! Autumn tears my quilt off, leaving only one corner clinging to the bed. I open my eyes, squinting at the rays of sunlight spilling into the room I share with my twin sister. A quick glance at our window shows leaves dancing in the breeze like confetti, the lawn almost entirely covered by a layer of red, orange, and yellow from the trees lining the perimeter of our backyard. Get up, get up! Autumn spins in circles before flinging herself onto a beanbag in the corner. Dressed up in a, in a brown sweater and mustard-colored leggings, she looks a little like a leaf herself. I'm up, I'm up, I groan, wishing I could fast forward this day. Love Halloween. Autumn says as if I didn't know. It's the one day a year I get to use my powers and show everyone my tricks. I hate Halloween. And right now, even though I love my sister, I don't even like her very much. We're identical twins, alike in every way from our brown hair and hazel eyes to our taste in music and the sound of our laugh. Well, almost every way. Autumn is a witch, and I am not. Yet anyway, magic has been passed on through our family for generations. Our mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother, and great-great-great-grandmother. But I'm starting to worry that maybe it skipped me. Maybe I'll never be a witch. What maybe I'll do one right now. Might as well get warmed up. She scans the room and points at the stuffed bear lying helplessly in the corner. No, don't, I protest. Teddy is as old as we were, a gift from our father when we were born. In a blink, Teddy is gone, his worn snout and wiry whiskers replaced by the carved face of a jack-o'-lantern beaming directly at Autumn. Change him back, I demand. I will later. Don't be such a party pooper. 
Easy for you to say. You can change him back. I edge past Autumn, my spine stiff and jaw locked. She follows me, practically dancing down the stairs and hopping onto a stool at the kitchen counter. Mom, I changed Teddy into a pumpkin. Our mom says, setting breakfast plates in front of us. Yeah, after I told her not to. Well, then that wasn't so nice then, was it? Autumn flicks her hair over her shoulder, the end of a braid catching me on the cheek. But I would change it back. I don't see what the big deal is. The cinnamon French toast that had been so delicious a second ago turns hard and flavorless in my mouth. I barely managed to swallow it down. Can we please stop talking about magic? Another sigh as our mom pops a cake up into the Keurig, the silence between us replaced by the whistling and whirring of the coffee machine. My fault I have powers and you don't. A rush of anger comes over me. Shut up! Girls. No, I'm sick of Autumn shoving her magic in my face 24-7. My voice trembled. She always gets the spotlight. What about me? I know you're frustrated, Winter, but Halloween is the one day a year Autumn is allowed to use her magic around other people. That's why we do our annual Halloween party. See? Everything we always do revolves around Autumn. Tears overflow my lower lashes, rolling down my cheeks. She's obviously the favorite, and you don't even try to deny it. Winter, Forget it. Dad never had favorites. I throw my hands up and storm upstairs, slamming the door shut and running from my bed. I bury my face in pillows. I wish Dad were here. Ever since he was one of the scientists to discover a COVID vaccine, he's been working nonstop at the lab to make sure that there's enough doses for the whole world. He always reminds me that there are more important things than magic. But when he's not home, it's easy to forget. As the minutes tick by, I listen for the sound of footsteps on the stairs. Autumn or my mom, or more likely both coming to check on me, but instead, I hear their voices, outside. I rush to the window. Mom and Autumn are dashing around the yard, adding bales of hay and pumpkins to our front stoop, blowing up oversized witches and ghosts, planting wooden gravestones in the yard, and lining our walkway with lanterns. A stab of jealousy slides between my ribs. Decorating is, our, is my favorite part of Halloween, the thing I shine at and the only thing I can actually do for the party tonight. I sigh, contemplating whether or not whether to go downstairs or not. Why bother if no one cares that I'm there? A gentle knock on my door interrupts my bleak mood. Go away, Autumn. I'm not talking to you. Mom opens the door a few inches and pokes her head through the crack. It's not Autumn. She walks in cautiously, sitting down beside me and wrapping her arm around my shoulders. I'm sure it's really hard feeling left out like this. Yeah, it is, I admit. Just because Autumn got her magic at a young age doesn't mean you won't get your magic. It's just not time yet. But I'm already 13, I whine. What if I don't ever get my magic? Magic isn't everything. Look at your father. He doesn't need magic powers to make the world a better place. Mom pauses, pressing a kiss to the top of my head. It's much more important to be a good person than a good witch. And that means being a good sister too. But! No buts. You and Autumn need to be kinder to each other, okay? Okay, I mumble, finally realizing how awful I've been. If the situation was reversed, I would be excited about Halloween too. It's not fair that I'm taking out my frustration on Autumn. I should be happy for her. My eyes drift back to the window. Autumn is still out there, coating every last bush with fake cobwebs and spiders. I exhale, wrapping my arms around my mom and squeezing tight. I'm ready to help outside now. Outside, it's a perfect fall day. The chill in the air softened by the warmth of the sun. When Autumn sees me, she flicks her wrist, sending a pile of leaves spinning in the air. A few minutes ago, I would have been mad at her for showing off, but now I laugh, taking in Autumn's hands as we dance beneath them, twirling in circles like we're caught in a snow globe. Our mom looks on, a revealed smile curving her lips. She hates when we fight, and so do I. For the rest of the afternoon, we work together to finish the yard and transform our house into a haunted house filled with witches, ghosts, and gravestones. We're celebrating a job well done with mom's perfectly iced pumpkin cookies when she comes out to the kitchen, carrying more Halloween treats. Girls, time to put on your costume. We race upstairs to change. Autumn, of course, is a witch. She spent months sewing her gown herself, the purple bodice and long black skirt embellished with lace and jewel tone beads. Our eyes meet in the mirror as she adds the finishing touches to her makeup, black lipstick and winged eyeliner. Then she pulls a pointed hat over her head, crescent moon earrings sparkling against her neck. Autumn grins at me and she gets to her feet. How do I look? She asked, her heels clacking on the hardwood floor as she spins. Incredible, like a real, real witch. I force the words through my tight throat, pushing away the envy threatening to ruin this moment. It's the truth, of course. My sister is a witch. You look great, too. 
In the time it had taken for my sister to get dressed, I'd slipped on a t-shirt, leggings, and a simple white sheet I'd cut my eye, high eye holes into. Great is an exaggeration. I'm a ghost. My costume is simple and boring as possible. Hopefully, I will fade into the background and the night will go by quickly. Our costumed friends start pouring through the front door right on time and are instantly intrigued by all of Autumn's tricks. They have no idea that Autumn is using Muriel magic powers when she waves her hand, making decorations disappear and reappear, lights blink on, blink on and off, cans of soda hover in midair. They all think it's part of the Halloween fun. Ted, a boy from our class, grabs a kale of ginger ale. Nice, he says begrudgingly. Bet you can't make pumpkins fly. Bet I can. Autumn snaps back, leading everyone out onto the deck and climbing up onto the railing. She waves her hand one by one, and pumpkins start to rise. She's doing it! Our friend Jenny yells. Autumn, get down, I whisper, tugging on her leg. You're going to hurt yourself. Let me have my moment. Autumn hisses, slowly walking backward on the top of the rail as if it's a balance beam. Everyone is looking at the pumpkins, but I'm watching Autumn. Don't go any further, you're at the end. But Autumn isn't listening to me. She takes another step, her foot kicking at the empty air. Then she's falling backward, falling off the deck. It's at least a 20 foot drop onto the stone patio below. Autumn is in serious danger and there's no time to think. No time to do anything but stare in horror and wish that I could do something, anything to help her. And then all of a sudden time stops and I'm flying through the air towards Autumn. I grab her and bring her back safely to the balcony. Wow, you guys throw the best Halloween parties. Yeah! Jenny chimes in. You're like master illusionists or something. Something like that. Our mom says from inside the house. Okay, everyone, how about some cake? As the deck clears out, Autumn squeezes me into a hug. Thank you for looking out for me. I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. Always. I answer. I'm sorry I wasn't very nice to you this morning. She waves away my apology. Guess we'll both be wearing witch costumes next year. I blink at her. The reality of what just happened finally settling over me. I'm a witch now, too. I finally got my magic. It's a plan, I say, catching my mom's eye over Autumn's shoulder and grinning at her. We can dress like witches one day a year, but most importantly, we're sisters every day. Magic powers or not, that's the best gift of all. Okay, I need to warn you about our next tale. It's called Teeny Tiny and the Witch Woman. And it is by far the scariest story featured during tonight's broadcast. It is based on a Turkish folk tale and is set far away in Armenian highlands. It is a story about three little boys who should have listened to their mother and are very lucky that everything turns out okay in the end. If you have a teddy bear, you might want to hug it tight during this one. Now, I'm going to tell you a very old story. It's called Teeny Tiny and the Witch Woman. Once there was, and twice there wasn't. A family of three brothers, big one in the middle and teeny tiny. Every day their mother said, You can play anywhere in the village, but do not go into the forest. Your granny says a witch woman lives there, where the trees are darkest. She eats little children and uses their bones to make a fence around her house. One morning, when no one was looking, Big One said, Let's go into the forest to play. Yes, agreed in the middle. I'm not afraid of any old witch woman. Now come on, Teeny Tiny. Now, Teeny Tiny didn't want to go, but he went anyways. I'll keep my eyes open and my legs ready to run. Little by little, the shadows grew longer and Big One and in the middle and Teeny Tiny grew hungry. But no matter where they looked, the boys couldn't find a path back to the village. At last, Teeny Tiny climbed a tree to look farther. I see a light. 
There was a very old house deep, deep into the forest. As the boys drew closer, the front door to the house opened. Come in, come in, my children. Wait, remember what our granny said? Oh, that can't be the witch woman. She's so kind to ask us in. I'm hungry and tired. You're just afraid because you're little. Afraid? The old woman cackled. You needn't be afraid of me. I love little children. Come in. Stay with me. Share my dinner. I have room for all of you in my little house tonight. Tomorrow, I'll show you your way home. But now, come and smell the good dinner I have for you. Mmm, mmm. What good smells came out of that kettle? Come on, I'm going inside. You may call me Auntie. Teeny Tiny looked around at all he could see while his brothers ate dinner that the woman gave them. Teeny Tiny spotted many strange things. He pointed to a scary-looking cage he saw in the corner. Auntie, what do you keep in that cage? Cage? In my cage? Oh, sometimes I keep stray dogs, and sometimes I keep stray cats. And sometimes stray children? The hour grew late, and it was getting darker and darker outside. You must be tired. Come now, into the bedroom. Sleep well, and tomorrow, just see if I can show you your way home. After the woman tucked the brothers into bed, she closed the door. Teeny Tiny crept out of bed and looked out the bedroom window. Moonlight shone down on a knobby white fence that surrounded the woman's house. It was made of bones, leg bones, arm bones, little people bones. Teeny Tiny stared at the fence. Then he looked at Big One and in the middle, already sound asleep. They didn't know, but Teeny Tiny did. This indeed was the house of the witch woman. After some time had passed, the witch woman crept up the creaky stairs. She opened the bedroom door. Who is awake? And who is asleep? The littlest one is awake. What? Teeny tiny? Why don't you sleep? Well... Auntie, my mother cooks me an egg before I go to bed. Then I go to sleep. So the old woman cooked an egg, and Teeny Tiny ate it. But he still did not go to sleep. And after a while, the witch woman crept up the stairs, opened the door, and called again. Who is awake? And who is asleep? The littlest one is awake. What? Still awake? Well, Auntie, my mother gives me popcorn and raisins at bedtime. Then I go to sleep. So the old woman brought him popcorn, but still he did not go to sleep. After a while, she called again. Who is awake? And who is asleep? The littlest one is awake. What can I get you to help you sleep? Auntie, all that popcorn has made me thirsty. At home, when I'm thirsty, 
My mother goes to the well to fetch me water in a sieve. When I drink it, then I go to sleep. The witch woman crept downstairs and opened the bottom cupboard in her kitchen. As the old woman bent down to catch her sieve, a cake of soap fell out of her apron pocket. Oh dear, my magic objects. Better to leave them here safe than to lose them outside in the dark by my well. She laid the soap, a needle, and a short, sharp cooking utensil on a high shelf. Then she opened the door softly and started towards the well. Teeny Tiny had been secretly following her and saw everything that happened. He ran back up the stairs to wake his brothers. Wake up! Wake up! Auntie is that witch woman, and if we don't hurry, we'll be her dinner tomorrow. I heard her say she'd leave three magic objects on the high kitchen shelf. If she says they're magic, they may just be magic. The boys immediately got up and fled. Teeny Tiny stopped to grab the magic soap, needle, and utensil. One, two, three. He tucked them into his pocket and ran with his brothers down the moonlit path. As the old woman spent so much time at her well, remember, Teeny Tiny told her that she must drink from a sieve in order to fall asleep. And do you know what a sieve is? It's a ditch that has hundreds of tiny holes in order to drain water. And oh, she just couldn't catch any water in the sieve. And she just couldn't catch any water in the sieve. She spotted the brothers escaping past her. And away she went, running after them. As the old woman came closer and closer, Teeny Tiny took out the cake of soap. I'll try this first. Even if it isn't magic, at least she might slip on it. Oh, you took my magic soap! Teeny Tiny threw the cake of soap right into her path. A great mountain of soap bubbles forms. Oh, it's no use. I'll have to run around it. I'll catch you. It took her some time, but the witch woman ran around the mountain of soap bubbles. Then, Teeny Tiny took the needle out of his pocket. Whether it's magic or not, I'll prick her with this needle. Oh! Cried the witch woman. You found my magic needle. Teeny Tiny threw the needle, and suddenly, the needle became many needles. A whole mountain of needles, all prickly and sharp. It's no use! I must run around them! Now I'll catch you! She ran fast and fast. Soon she was catching up to the brothers. Finally, Teeny Tiny pulled the utensil from his pocket. If it isn't magic, she may cut her foot on it, and we could escape! It's our only chance! Oh, you took my magic utensil too! Teeny Tiny threw the magic object behind him, and oh my, it could have cracked so long and so wide that the witch woman couldn't run around it and couldn't jump over it. She stopped in her tracks and watched the brothers get away. I'll get you next time! The three boys didn't stop running till they reached their own home, where their mother was waiting for them and hugged each of them so tight. And as for the witch woman, she waited a long, long time before she hears a knock at her door again. I remember that story from so long ago. My own granny told it to me. One day, you will tell it too. And so the story goes on and on. Wow, that was very scary. Are you all right? I'm so happy to know that the last story had a happy ending. Let's hear from our sponsor one more time before we sign off with a song. Uno, dos, tres, cho! Uno, dos, tres, co! Uno, dos, tres, la! Uno, dos, tres, te! Come to 
Sweet Pierre's at Five River Road in the heart of Wilton Town Center for the best candy you have ever tasted in your life. Olay! Hello again, listeners. Thank you for joining us for tonight's premiere broadcast. Here's one final message for the younger members of our audience. I know that you heard some scary stories tonight. Please know that what you all heard is make-believe and told in spooky good fun. It's fun to imagine ghosts and goblins, but I hope that you were never too frightened. Whether you were listening with a mom or dad, a grandparent, an older sibling, a trusted friend, or your favorite grown-up, don't ever forget that there are people who love you and will always protect you. At Our Lady of Fatima Catholic Academy, where I come from, our pastor, our principal, our parents, teachers, and staff, and especially our upper grade students will always look out for you little ones. Here's one final song, performed by fourth grader Eric, reminding you that nothing will harm you, not while we're around. This is Lucas from the Black Lagoon, wishing you a very happy Halloween. family to yours. Happy Halloween.